Amen. We could just get Terry excited. <laughs> Thank you, brother, for leading us. Appreciate that. Turn in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12. That's where we'll be working out of today. We've been in this series of going for the gold. You know, we started uh, with stories of faith out of Hebrews chapter 11 and how those kinds of stories inspire us and move us uh, 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 to really uh, walk the walk the way we need to. Uh, uh, then uh, Trent talked about things that we had to put aside, that we had to walk through the pain. We had to push through that. We had to get rid of our past and not let it uh, deter us from our uh, race, which we're running. Uh, today we're talking a little bit about determination. I don't know if you've been watching any of the Olympics or not, but last night, uh, I think it was the 10,000 meter race. Is that where the guy fell down? I mean, look, if I'm trying to run 10,000 meters, I'm falling down too, right? I mean, I think that's, uh, uh, Daniel's a track guy. I think that's like 6.2 miles or 02 or something like that. Uh, I'm not a math guy either. Uh, that's why I'm preaching. Um, so uh, uh, this guy is running and he falls down, gets up, makes up the distance, and then wins in the end. Don't you like a story like that? Uh, and that really describes every one of us, our stories. We started a race. We all have stumbling sections. We all fall down. We have our journey. And yet at the end, we know we've already won, right? We've already, we've already got, uh, got the victory at the end. But as we run this race, he tells us some things here. He says, cause look, uh, well, let's just read the text first and we'll talk about it. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily, easily entangles. And let us, by the way, got that twice, let us. We're in it together. It's not an individual thing. This is a family, forever family thing. We run together. We fall down together. We help each other up. All right? Let us run with perseverance and the race marked out for us. Notice that marked out. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before. Okay, the word set before there is the same word marked out in the verse before I just read. So for us, the race is set before us or marked out. That's a race that's set up there for us to run. Then there's Jesus who has something set out too and marked before him. It's called joy. And so he's going to run this race with endurance and with suffering, all these things. But he has something in mind in the end, all right? So for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Here's the problem. The problem uh, uh, that he's addressing here is that all the way through this book, he's addressing the same problem. We have a tendency to get tired on this journey and lose heart. We have a tendency to wear out. We have a tendency all of a sudden just to get out of focus and get to thinking about other stuff. And all of a sudden, before you know it, we're not running the race the way we need to. Now, I'm not talking about physically tired. I mean, some of you are, came here today, you're physically tired, right? Anybody physically tired? I, I give you permission. Go ahead and take a nap today. It's all right, brother. It's good. You can watch when you get home. Physically tired. 
The other day, we had, I had a real long day. I'd been traveling quite a bit. And then I get in here and different things happen. My car breaks down in Shreveport. We're getting rides. You know, back in the old days, the cars breaking down. You know, I had those kind of vehicles. And so I'm, I'm having to get towed back. And, the, uh, and then all of a sudden, then we have a, a funeral to attend to and take care of. And that, then that night, you know, the important stuff, we had church softball game, you know. And so uh, at the... We played at seven. Well, that works pretty good, but the, the uh, different. All of a sudden, I just got loud. Am I on now? Different than I was? Did that happen just to me? Oh, anyway, distracted, I guess. So, I, seven o'clock, we play a ball game, and it's hot out there, and we lose. Now, I always said I never, you know, talk about being a good loser. I never wanted to lose enough to get good at it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know, you know, I just never wanted to be like that, but I want to have a good attitude. We lost, played again at 8, and we won. Well, that means you got to play at 9. Three games, you know. And so uh, one of the guys is kind of uh, uh, pulling up cramping. It's hot and being tired. He said something to Ryan Lee about it. He's 22 years. The guy, Ryan said, how old are you? He said, 22. Ryan said, well, he told him his age. And then he said, look, I wouldn't complain about it because I'm not even going to tell you how old Kel it is. So, uh but tired, yeah. It's one thing to be physically tired. Uh, that happens to us. We cannot be spiritually tired. Paul made it clear that we are to never be lacking in zeal, but keep our spiritual fervor. We can't grow weary and lose heart in this race that we have. And yet that was the temptation for this, the church back then. And so the writer of Hebrews is telling them, well, we don't, I don't want you to lose heart. So he's reminding them of all these great things that they have and all these stories of faith. But the most important thing he reminds them of that's going to solve their problem of weariness is going to be the solution is going to be a fresh look at the gospel of Christ. That's going to be the solution. Now, this is going to sound over simple, but that is the solution to the problem. Let's flip that slide up there, guys. There we go. Good job. A fresh look at the gospel. Look, remember when you were converted? Remember the day that you made the decision that Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life? Remember that? Remember whether it was maybe as a young person at camp or maybe it was as an adult someone shared the gospel and your heart was pricked and you were moved and you said, I I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to be saved. Remember that gospel touching your heart? The writer says that's what you got to remember. You got to fix your eyes on Jesus and what he endured for us. Now, he says he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The word pioneer, that's the guy that cuts the trail for you. He's got there through. He's cutting the brush. He's cutting the trees. He's, he's, he's leading the way, and you're following him. He's the pioneer, and he's the perfecter or the completer of faith. And so that's the guy we're following. We've got to fix our eyes on it because it's real easy to get distracted by all the things in our culture and the sin sometimes that we get all wrapped up in. You can't do it. We have to keep our focus on the good news of Jesus. We have to keep our focus on the fact that Jesus Christ came from heaven. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. That Word became flesh and made His dwelling or pitched His tent among us. Philippians 2, He became one of us. The sacrifice didn't start at the cross. It started way before that. You see, he became a man. And Paul says there's only one mediator between God and man, the man, 
Christ Jesus. And First John says that whatever body Jesus has now, that's the body we're going to have. Ours is going to look just like His. The incarnation is huge. I'll never forget. Studying with a guy in New Orleans one time, I was so fired up. Bill Smith had preached a sermon that night about going out and teaching people. And I left the meeting and went straight across the street to the McDonald's and walked in. And, and there's a poor guy sitting there by himself. He doesn't know what's going to happen. I thought, he's on my radar. And I'm getting that guy the gospel. I'm excited. I got my little, little Bible, you know. Back, I carried a little one back then. You, uh, and I can't read that thing now. But, you know, back then I carried a little one. And I sat down, I introduced myself to him, hey, are you from here? And we got to talking, he was an insurance salesman, and, and so I get to uh, sharing with him, I said, can I share something with you? He said, yeah, and so I shared the gospel with him. And in it, I'm trying to make it as meaningful as possible, and I said, now, here's, God gave his son for you, would you give your son to die for somebody that had murdered a family member or, or or mistreated your wife. I mean, would you give your son to die for that person? He said, yeah, sure I would. I said, no, you wouldn't. He said, yeah, if I knew I was going to get him back just like I had him before, that's all God did. And it hit me. He doesn't understand the incarnation. For you see, when Jesus became flesh, something changed in him for eternity. He didn't just become flesh and then God got him back just like he always was. See, he'll never be like he was in the beginning. I, I, I don't know what all that means, but the sacrifice of, uh, uh, for us started when he became flesh. He became a man for me. And then he went to the cross for me. He died for me. He endured the suffering. He endured the shame. He, he endured the pain all for me. He never said a bad word about anybody. He never lied. He never used his tongue in an evil way. He never mistreated anybody with his mouth or with his hands or with his feet. He never used his eyes in a bad way. He was totally innocent and yet acted lovingly but toward everyone he was around. 100% innocent. And we nailed him to a cross. And he did it for me. All my sinfulness. And I'm going to grow weary? I'm going to lose heart? No. No, what I need is a fresh look at the gospel. I need to be reminded of how valuable I am to God. That it cost him his own son. That's how much he loved me. To pay the price for my own sinfulness, my own selfishness, my own pride. He paid the price for me. He died for me. And we get to hearing that so much and saying it so much, sometimes I'm afraid it loses its impact. That same gospel, by fact, he was, came up out of the ground for me so that this old body is coming out too. He went back to heaven for me to help me every day in this life. Send His Holy Spirit to live in me until He comes again. And one day when He does come again, we'll all be together. That's the story that changes people's hearts. That's why we need a fresh look at the gospel. You and I need to be reminded that the power to change a man's heart is in the story of God's Son. For God so 
loved the world. He gave him for me. With that in my heart, what I need sometimes when I grow weary is to re-prick my heart. To renew my spirit. To have my resolve once again be where it needs to be. To have that determination. I'm going to live for God. I don't care what anybody says. That type of commitment and determination has to be among God's people. Look, if we're going to make a difference in the culture in which we live, if we're going to make a difference in the people that we meet, we've got to have a solid determination that that message changes people's lives. That means it's got to change my life too. A fresh look at the gospel. Enduring spirit. We were traveling to Texas this last week. We went by in Dallas, George Bush Presidential Library. I I, I loved it. To get there, you need to go by there. And as we're going through that thing, we get to a section there about 9-11, and I watch and listen. I can't help but, I can't help but weep. I mean, it moved me to tears. And it has on there the words that he spoke to our nation, President Bush said, We will not tire. We will not falter. We will not faint. And I thought that ought to be the words from every one of us about our commitment to the gospel. We will not tire. We will not falter. And we will not faint. Watch Ferry Road's commitment to spreading the story of the death, burial, and resurrection can never get off course. We cannot be distracted by the thousands of little voices calling for other little loyalties around us in our culture or in other churches to distract us from the goal. Uh, the goal has got to be to get the message of Jesus to as many people as we can before the Lord comes back again. We cannot get off course. Can't do it. Can't do it. And so we've got to be committed to do whatever it takes to make sure that message stays loud and strong as a church that people know this is what we're about. Because that's the only thing that matters in the end is the story of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. That's what matters. Now, these folks had a little difficult time with that. Matter of fact, back in chapter 10, he's reminding them back then even already. Verse 19, he tells them, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, there it is again, it's the together thing, draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching.
determination as a church says we fix our eyes on Jesus. I'll tell you what, when the focus is strong, it just puts everything else in its proper place. Remember Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, he reminds them of the gospel that he preached, and he said it is of first importance. So I beg you, do not get distracted by the voices from the outside that tells you, why well, you got to look at this, you ought to look at that. I'm telling you, do not get distracted. Hey, all truth is good to study, but I'm telling you, this is first importance to the gospel. Do not get off course. That story changes lives. And it still has the power to change yours. So if you're a little weary today, if your heart's down a little bit, I've got good news for you. The one to pick you up and run the race with you is ready anytime. We're going to have an invitation song here in a moment. We invite people to be baptized in the Christ and start their race. We invite folks to pray for help as they walk and run the race together. We invite folks to pray for things they're struggling with in life. This is a safe place to be. We're a forever family. We do this together. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm telling you. Listen. He's cleared the path. He's the only one to follow. No other religion in the world can claim that their God became flesh and came out of, a gra- out of the grave. No other, no other group. That belongs to Christianity. And that message is the hope of the world. Father, we love you. I thank you today for the brothers here. I know it's easy to get weary and uh, get distracted by a lot of things. We... We deeply desire, Father, to lay aside anything that hinders us. We desire, Father, not to be entangled in sin, but to walk a strong walk for you. I pray, Father, that you would help us to keep our focus, to fix our eyes on the Christ. Help us, Father, not to grow weary in doing good, but to keep our spiritual fervor serving you. Father, I pray, I pray for anyone in this room, Father, that has not made their commitment to the the gospel, that that be done today. And for those of us who struggle, Father, we pray that together we'll help each other walk and we'll depend on you and one another and the church family. And that we will never lose a determined spirit to see that the good news goes out from this place into the whole world. Keep us focused. Keep us committed. May you receive glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen.